Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a brand new Flyers Daily. It is a Monday Flyers Daily. And on our Mondays, you know who we talk to. We talk to the man from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com, the one and only Bill Meltzer. Bill, how's the unofficial start to summer going? It's uh, it's going well. Uh, typical, you know, typical weather down here this time of year. In other words, uh, about 100 degrees every day already. So uh, it's, it's funny. You know, it's funny that the Stanley Cup finals are, are going on and Flyers have been done a long time. It's going on, you know, be two, two months, months before we know it. Yeah. Yeah. That Flyers. is crazy. And, and, you know, couple that with the fact that you mentioned the heat, Vegas in the desert is yeah. where the Cup finals beginning and they're going to shift it to, you know, balmy Miami, basically, uh, Southern Florida. So what'd you think of uh, game one? What you saw in that game, Vegas really showed a lot of depth. A guy like March is so is just such an, a guy that maybe not a lot of people know, but man, is he so good? He, he is. He is. Um, has been for a long time too. He's uh, I, Vegas just is such a deep, deep team. Uh, he'll he'll play. The, I mean that, that one save he made was phenomenal. Oh. But the uh, you know he, he played a, played a great game in net, and uh, you know he also saw. I mean, listen, 95 percent of what Kachuk does is positive for his team, but he walks that line a little bit. You know, and uh, by by the end, took a, you know a couple bad penalties, but that's uh, you know that that it, it just par for the course. I, I think it's still going to be a really good series. Yeah, I thought that he was a little on edge early in the game. Yeah. When um, I'm trying to think who it was, and he he tracked him down after a scoring chance just to give him a late hit in the it was in the back, so it was Mark Stone. Uh, no, I remember had back problems, uh, but he was really kind of playing on that razor's edge, which he needs to do. Yeah. Um, the save that Hill makes, so and they showed it on the broadcast, so reminiscent of that Braden Holpe save in that same net, same crease. Yeah. As a matter of fact, but all your body's momentum going one way to flip the paddle and get it down. A lot of things have to go right for that save to happen. You know, Cousins has to put it exactly where that is. Right. But boy, the compete level is just awesome. And he's like a guy that was a journeyman, you know, NHL goaltender. They're on their fifth one, and with her, define a lot of things that I think are truisms in hockey for, for sure i mean yeah, you know, there, there have been other times when journeyman goalies have gotten hot at just the right time you know I mean, michael the, layton three shutouts in uh five games in the conference layton, final yeah yeah and, and if you go back even further i was thinking uh john casey for the north stars Ooh, yeah. got them got them the five and, and casey was you know nice backup goalie whatever but he was not never a true number one let alone a star but he he, he you know we went nuts that one playoff run until the final 92 uh, nine, yeah, 91 or 92, one of those years, yeah. yeah. Wow, John Casey, yeah, he was, that, the team was still in Minnesota, too. Um, yeah. and they got to that cup final, for sure. Brian Bellows on that team, that was a good team. Um, you know, looking at the cup final, I, I think there's still a lot to learn, Bill, because, you know, depth is so key. And I was wondering with these two teams, you know, with the layoff and everything else, what the identity of the series was going to be. And it was a whole lot of nasty right yeah. away i mean I, I think that you have to be really nasty to have any chance to to win round after round in the playoffs and you got to have the requisite personnel to do that for sure and when, when you have that long layoff um you know I, I i sometimes you need something that pulls you in the fight right away manufacture it yeah yeah and uh that, that, that was the case in the first game you know these, these two teams already hate each other so uh 
You know, it's uh, nature, the nature of the playoff piece. And I, I think you do have to have it. I, I think that you, uh, you know, in, in the playoffs, so much of, of course, is, as we said, the, the hot goalie. And, and, and also, you know, it's little moments, little bounces of the puck here and there that tend to decide how game, even, even multi-goal games, there's usually one or two pivotal moments, even more so than a regular season game. And uh, it, it's hard to quantify. You just know when you see it. Yeah, and there's a little bit of luck involved too. There just For is. Sure. It's just the way the way it goes, and you got to have a bounce go your way at some point to propel you uh, to get passed around. Bill, let me take you back to April 11th. You know, we mentioned the Flyers haven't played in two months. That's roughly two months ago. Uh, it was a Tuesday night in Pittsburgh at PPG Paints Arena. I brought this up the other day on Stick to Hockey. It was a 5-2 loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins on home ice. That night has a ripple around the NHL that may be unparalleled in the history of the game. All right, hear me out. Again, Tuesday night, 5-2 loss for Pittsburgh against Chicago, who finishes with the third worst record in the NHL. So first and foremost, they missed the playoffs, the Penguins. Their 17-year streak is over. They fire the general manager and the president, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. Now the door is opened for them to be able to hire a new guy. But Florida gets in because Pittsburgh couldn't beat that Chicago team on their home ice. Florida gets in the playoffs. They wax the Toronto Maple Leafs in the second round in five. Now the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs gets fired, and he's ticketed for the president of hockey operations with the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Chicago Blackhawks, mind you, finish with the third worst record in the league, which turned out to be money to get the number one pick. They get Bedard, and like the ripple effects of this are unbelievable. And I mean, I could go on and on. There's so many here that it's it's incredible that a Tuesday night on April 11th, a 5-2 loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins against Chicago Blackhawks set a ton of things in motion. It's wild, isn't it? And, um, you know, and the, the chain of events that follow that, follow that even through the if and you know if on the day when when Tampa Bay was ousted, right? Toronto finally beats them, and uh, not that it would be impossible, you know, for Florida to beat Toronto, especially because of the, the way Florida caught fire down the stretch and and through the playoffs. Look, you know, you see they were the real deal, but just but just on on the day they eliminated Tampa Bay, if you'd say you know Dubas is going to be out uh, after, after the second round, and he's going to end up in Pittsburgh, I, I don't think anybody would have believed that then. Yeah. I mean, we were talking last year at this time about the GM of the year being Bradtree Living because of what he was able to do and losing Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk and turning it into Huberto and that whole thing. Now he's in Toronto. (laughs) Matthew Kachuk's in the finals. Like, it goes on and on. I'm going to have to write a whole thing about it at some point uh, because I think it's fascinating. Um, One of the things, Bill, you know, that we love is going outdoors and playing the game at its roots outside. Flyers have been involved in a number of outdoor games going all the way back to 2010 on New Year's Day when they took on the Boston Bruins at Fenway Park, 2012 at Citizens Bank Park uh, when they took on the New York Rangers. Danny Breer had that penalty shot. Still can't believe he didn't score. Um, And then you look at Stadium Series in Pittsburgh, Stadium Series here. Flyers are going back outdoors. We're a very unique uh, uh, Stadium Series where it's going to basically be the Metro. Two teams in the Metro, um, two days, Saturday and Sunday. It'll be the Flyers and the Devils uh, playing on that Saturday on the 17th of February and the Flyers, a, a team that 
you know, has haunted them at times in, in the New Jersey Devils and took a big jump this year, but they're going back outside. So that's going to be a fun day. Yeah, the, those outdoor games are always a whole lot of fun. And the, the game itself, but also all the all the pageantry and everything that's around it, too. You know, it's uh, it's always it's always a great time. They've all they've all been good games, too. Um, yeah. You know, this this will be the sixth time the Flyers are doing it. The, the only win was the big comeback in the rain um, in, in 2019 against Pittsburgh. Yeah, which was just an unbelievable finish to that whole thing. Um, and also, also, I remember that uh, Malkin took a bad penalty. He got goaded into bad penalty. And mm-hmm. every, everything just kind of unfolded from there. Uh, Voracek scores from an impossible angle. Right along and the goal line. Yeah, and then, then Giroux. Drew wins it in overtime. Um, and then and you were talking about uh, Briere's penalty shot. And that, that was – I think that he couldn't make a move on, on Lundqvist because the ice was so bad. Yeah. And he wouldn't at least be sure he got something on net. And Lundqvist knew that too. So he had to kind of go in and, and just try to release it so quickly, you know, that Lundqvist was caught unaware. And he almost scored too. He just didn't put it where he wanted to. Um, the the game in, in Boston and Fenway um, – and that 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 overtime goal should not have been allowed because mm-hmm. you know they had they had too many men on the ice at the time, um, and it's just you know all all those kind of things that you talk about years after the fact it, it it breaks up, you know you're talking about the kind of the dog days of the season too, you're talking about February so you're not quite in the stretch drive yet. I mean I I, I love the outdoor games and uh, it's been been a few years now since the last one too so that should that should be a great event. Yeah, the stadium series at Lincoln Financial Field where Drew scored that overtime winner was Wayne Simmons' last game as a Philadelphia Flyer, as a matter of fact. And I I do like the timing of it, too, because you make a good point. It provides a shot of adrenaline in a really sleepy part of the season. A tough month where you're just like, you know, it's lather, rinse, repeat, it feels like. And then mid-February now on the 17th, it'll be something to look forward to. The practices outside, the whole thing, the unveiling, obviously, of the jerseys and and all that stuff that goes with it, practicing there outdoor, the family skates and everything. Um, they, they, you just hope it's, you know, a good game and, and they're playing a really good team in the Devils and we'll see how they respond. Bill, next thing I want to talk about is the coaching in the Metro and just a couple coaching things around the league. Flyers are, are settled in this department. John Tortorella is here going ahead in the year two. Uh, we see maybe Mike Babcock is going to head to Columbus. Kevin Hayes to, to Columbus. Woofa. Sorry, Hazy. <laughs> that is, yeah. You thought you had torts, you had it rough with torts. That guy could be really tough, but we'll see if he learns from some really egregious past mistakes. But you see Peter Laviolette. You see, you know, in New Jersey, Lindy Ruff is coming back. Uh, Rod Brindamore in the division. I thought that he made some mistakes in the playoffs and was a little too intense. And I think his team wore his emotions a little bit and saw yeah. a little bit of panic out of the coach. But Boy, I don't, I don't know if I ever recall a time when the Metropolitan Division or the Flyers Division, Patrick Division, whatever, was so stacked with really good head coaches. It, it is. You can look up and you know look up and down the division, and um, you know, lobby in New York is scary. It, it is because that that's the team. Lavi's his biggest effect is always his first year. Mm-hmm. The Rangers have their. Windows getting kind of small, and then, but they but it's still open. That that would be the perfect coach to bring in for one year for for a team with that roster. I think that's yeah. uh that that that's pretty yeah. Uh, I I think it's right on the nose for for what they need for the next. And then you know then from there they have to figure what the next steps are after that. Um, 
you know, and, and he tends to have diminishing returns after that first year too. So, but, but for the, for the short term, for the immediate one run season, I, I think, I think he's perfect. And yeah, there's so much, a lot of experienced coaches and uh, it's uh, I just, just intended it's, it's a really tough division top to bottom. So it's uh, you know, even, even if you're improved, you have to make up that gap too. So it's, it's, it's hard to play chase truthfully. Yeah. One of the best coaches in the division is a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, and that's Pittsburgh and, and Mike yeah. Sullivan. I think he's an excellent head coach. He ain't going anywhere uh, with yeah. Kyle Dubas there. So it, it's it's an interesting you – know, this time of year, you start to go, okay, we're getting close to – the draft is just now you know, three, four weeks away. Then you have free agency, and who's going to improve? And you know what's the tact of each of the teams in the division? And when you look at a team like Washington, Bill, they didn't make the playoffs. They still have Alexander Ovechkin chasing down uh, Wayne Gretzky's goals record. Uh, but, you know, how are they going to approach this offseason? They have some cap space. Yeah. How's Pittsburgh going to do it with a new president? And we'll see who the new GM will be there. You know, how are the Islanders going to respond in year two without Barry Trotz? And Carolina, did they finally suffer a hangover? I mean, I, and then Columbus, too. I mean, they're a team that's got to move forward. And they signed Gaudreau. And, I mean, if they don't yeah. do anything this year with Gaudreau, then, then you're getting to a 31-year-old undersized winner. Yeah, for for sure. I, I I like Columbus. Columbus, no team was more riddled with injuries this year than Columbus. Columbus is going to improve just by being healthier. Yeah, Wurinski played I think eight games. Yeah, yeah, and uh, those guys kept going down against the Flyers too. They lose guys for the whole yeah. season. You know, it was just uh, you know just just one of the one of those cursed seasons for for a team. They're um, you know they're they're not a team to be predicted to make the playoffs, but they're they're tougher out than they look like this year. And obviously they'll love uh, you know, new coaching as well. So I think the interesting point, Bill, is this, is that when I look at the division and I look at Carolina has got some desperation to, I mean, Tom Waddell said, you know, run it back. They're bringing everybody back. We'll see what they do in the off season, how they try and bolster that. They have some decisions to make in that. Uh, the devils are on the come. You know, I, I don't know that there's a big swing in the works for them this off season, but the Rangers could take another big swing at a player. The Islanders could. The Penguins certainly have big things to do if they're going to try and keep this window open with Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Washington, same thing. Columbus, same thing. It, it's it's really – I hate I hate that I'm saying this, and I think it's a good idea, but it's a good season for the Flyers to kind of sit back and let other teams make mistakes out of desperation yeah. this offseason. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes – Sometimes when you get the the big name who's on the other side too, right? It's uh, it, it sounds great at the time, and uh, you know then sometimes you overpay or you, you know, I just it, it it's interesting what happens sometimes when you try to make the move that puts you over the top. Um, I mean the the Rangers did it this year, and their moves ended up not working out. Yeah. So yeah, you've seen it many many times over the years. Um, you know, uh, uh, one time actually go back. Speaking also the Rangers, um, back in the back in the mid '90s, the Flyers and the Rangers were, were competing for really kind of a, uh, almost at the end of their careers. Uh, Yari Curry and, and Marty McSorley, and they got they went to the Rangers and they traded a lot to get them. Matthias Nordstrom, who ended up being a just a you know a, a stable defenseman for LA for years and years and years. They they overpaid to get those guys. And those guys were ineffective when they got to the playoffs. They, they were toast. So, you know, that's why you all, that's why you always, uh, you know, you have your knee jerk reaction and trade, then you have to see how it plays out. But yeah. So, so teams, 
teams can can get set up to make mistakes, and sometimes it's those small moves too that uh, that end up having a bigger effect than it might seem on paper because the guy just fits the the right need at the right time. Yeah, kind of like what Tampa Bay did with Barkley Gaudreau and Blake mm-hmm. Coleman. You know, those moves were not heralded as being you know big time difference makers, but they made a big time difference. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you look at, I mean, the Flyers have a lot, they could field a team of right guy, wrong time, whether, you know, Adam Oates or, I mean, there's so many oh, of those. Yeah. 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 Tony Amonti. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, all right, let's put a wrap on it there, Bill. Uh, we're ticking our way towards the NHL draft. Are you starting to get excited for the draft? I mean, you know, there's, you're starting to get to that point now with the draft where you're starting to see some stories come out on guys and yeah. I think there's some agents at work here trying to raise guys' stocks and stocks are people are getting picked apart because there's not a ton of hockey being played. So you find the wart on the supermodel sometimes. Uh, what are you thinking for the draft? You, you getting excited or, you know, how? Oh, no, for, for, for sure. For sure. I'm actually uh, you know, every year on, on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, I do a mock draft um, and I'm kind of turning through my head now means I'm just about ready to write it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just so there's just so many scenarios that you that you play through your head. And actually, one thing that I've been the, that I've been playing through my head, you know, not not just not just the political side of it, I'm talking about with Michkov is, you know, because KHL games are hard to scout and Russia's banned from double IHF competitions. So we'll use the Flyers example. Well, Ken Hudikov, I'm sure, is seeing Michkov. But how about the other scouts? How, how many? Guys were able to cross over and watch them, and they, you weren't able to watch them in tournaments. And it's not just the Flyers, obviously; it's, it's every organization. What does that do for teams' rankings, especially especially over the, all the organizations that, that go best player available, not not uh, you know not by uh, position? You know how do, how does that uh, affect teams' internal rankings? It, it's just going to be fascinating to see how all that plays out, where where defensemen play into this, and um, you know it's I I think that. Uh, I think most teams, if you ask them, and actually this is this is uh, something we can something we can ask during Scouts Week because everybody says best available player, but no two people define that exactly the same way. Is best available player the guy with the highest offensive upside? Is the mm-hmm. most complete player? Is or skilled? Can you right. know a, com- a competitor? What is it? What? How do you define that? Exactly, exactly, and and uh, you know, and you don't have to tip your hands as to who you're drafting, just as to how you define that. But I think that uh, I, I think it really depends on the organization and depends on the particular scouts. And sometimes, sometimes you can look at history and, and kind of see an organization lean a certain way. For example, the Flyers draft a lot from the uh, national team development program, um, and in more recent years they've drafted less from Canadian juniors, which doesn't mean they wouldn't go that way this year. Mm-hmm. But, but it has it has been uh, something they've done quite a bit in recent years. And will that pattern continue? And you're really starting to see the collegiate NCAA players yeah. really be impactful as well. Um, last thing, though, I, I lied because I, I should have hit on this a little earlier. And I just wanted to mention it. You know, Obviously, there were some changes in the player development this past week. Riley Armstrong will be the director of player development. Uh, Nick Schultz will be uh, in that regard as well. And uh, three longtime uh, people that serve the organization well, Shel Samuelson, John Riley, and uh, Mike O'Connell all find themselves without a job. It's part of the business, but it, it doesn't, when you know them as people, it doesn't suck any less. 
no, for sure. And and same thing in Pittsburgh too. Kerry Huffman and yeah. you know, Chris Pryor, who were who are here for a lot of years and are you know they're they're good hockey people, even even better human beings. So you, it, it's hard it's hard to totally separate that. You you feel for them. Everybody everybody knows the deal. It's a business, and when uh, one regime comes out, another another one moves in, and inevitably there's going to be changeover, particularly when you're coming off an unsuccessful year, a couple unsuccessful years, but it still sucks. Yeah, it does. And like they say in uh, The Godfather, this is the business we've chosen. <laughs> and uh, it comes with some of the perks and comes with some of the, uh, the pitfalls as well. All right, that puts a wrap on it. There's Bill Meltzer. Read his work on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. Keep an eye out, by the way, for that uh, mock draft. Uh, also on NHL.com and HockeyBuzz.com. And we will talk to you Wednesday as Players Exit Day Interviews Week. Uh, or, or segments continue. We'll do that on Wednesday. And everybody, have a great Monday. We'll talk to you next time on a brand new Flyers Day. I'm on the outside. I'm looking in. I can see through you. See your true